What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, August 4th, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Matt Swaski, a.k.a. Southside Zoe, a.k.a. Father Zoe. And with me, as always, back from his trip, Mr. Aldo Soto. Good to be back, just like Wilson Contreras and Ina Happ, I guess. Right? Uh, I think. Yep. <laughs> Mixed feelings all around. All right. I love it. I love the love, guys. <laughs> and the good Reverend K. Fids. Aldo, we just wanted to inform you on the air that we will be extending the qualifying offer to you. So nobody else will be able to at least offer you uh, any kind of trade uh, for another podcast unless they trade us something back in return. We get some you know, podcast draft picks. How highly we think of you. I was going to say, I guess podcast guest spots are going for 50K a pop. So. Why not? And then also, you know him, you love him. He's wearing his my favorite shirt just because I think he's trying to cheer me up a little bit. You know him as NASCAR cool. Mitch. What's up, Mitch? How we doing, boys? Uh, you know, I mean, trade deadline not so good, but a lot of NASCAR action to talk about to cheer everyone up at the end. But uh, all right, we'll see, so, I'll give you the floor because I know you got a I, I know you got a rant coming. Well, as a as a as a teaser going into this. If you've never stayed to the end for NASCAR Mitch's segment, thanks to a good friend of the show, Lil Yumpert, you're going to want to stay to the end of the show to see at least the intro. Although the intro is better play it. yourself, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, we got to hold ourselves. But uh, yeah, people are lining up. That was pre before we even went live. People in the comment section saying, I'm here for NASCAR Mitch. So um, Cubs, White Sox, we're going to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, they're there, there was a trade deadline, contrary to popular belief in the White Sox front office. So we're going to talk about some of that. Um, I mean, I think you, by this time you guys already know uh, what it is. And uh, let's tap this guy. Free build of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy. As always, this show is brought to you by Sports Mockery, sportsmockery.com. Make sure you're downloading the app. Turn on push notifications so you can be notified when the White Sox don't make a trade, when the Bears season starts. And when everything else goes down, sports mockery, sportsmockery.com. Make sure you're downloading the app. Uh, although apparently someone's already got beef with you in the comment section. I've beef a few shows ago. Shan the Cardinals. Oh yeah, game. buddy. Uh, I'm sorry. God, I mean, <laughs> Tom Thomas Rambud. I, I I think I know who you are, and I appreciate you, bud. If you're a part of the Southside Duran clan, I know a, little, a lot of your family. I. Do not follow me on Twitter then, because I regularly shit on the Cardinals. I, I, mean, I, I get have it. To, how did he shit in Cardinals fans? I'm actually curious uh, at the process of that. 
because I've shit on them before, but in them, I'll uh, actually Google rivalry. Google two girls, one cup, and uh, we'll get back to that. How do you spell it again? Two girls, one cup. It's actually how monkeypox just started. So it's a really fascinating video. You should go and uh, download that. Oh, wait, that's um, four dudes, one barrel. Never mind. Wrong website. That's we'd it. love to have Brett Taylor on the show one day. We could probably yeah. get that done. Yeah, that's Brett. Very busy we, man. I think we get that done. Yeah, as, as long as he pays us 20 grand, we can have him on. <laughs> right? Right. That, I mean, that's like what? A 60% discount. Yeah, Tom. Duran. This is the type of show that you will get jumped on for a typo. So sorry about that part. Just don't call us out when we mispronounce it. It's just how the it's how the show. Yeah, just don't call us out when uh, I miss butcher someone's name. All right, so I know what you're all here for. I know everybody's expecting me to just freak out, man. But we're gonna hold off on that. I do want to start on a positive note. Let's start the show on a, a high note. I mean, for what it's worth, the White Sox have won seven of their ten last games. I mean, granted, it was against, you know, the last series were the A's and the Royals. So uh, don't hold it to me if, you know, I'm not making parade plans with Mitch yet. But you got to play the games that are on the schedule. You got to win the games that are on the schedule. Uh, they do, they're do. they doing this weird fucking thing right now where they lose the first game of the series and then win the next two. But if that's the pattern they want to go for the rest of the season, that's going to win them the division. Uh, as we do this show on Wednesday, all three, the Twins, the Guardians, and the White Sox all won today. Uh, so the, as the show is being recorded, the White Sox are two games out of first place. On August 3rd, the division is very much winnable. A um, couple things before we go around and whatever, what you guys are seeing with the streak with the White Sox. Um, Lance Lynn pitched on Wednesday. Big Papa looked really good. Looked like vintage Lance Lynn. Fastball was moving, getting hitters out, grabbing his crotch. Um, you know, the Royals lineup isn't exactly scaring anyone anytime soon, especially now that Whit Merrifield in the most random trade in the world got traded to the Blue Jays when we all know he's not vaccinated. So someone stuck a needle in his arm real quick. But um, yeah, that lineup's nuts. But anyways... It was more of a movement thing with Lance. It always was. So to see the movement on the fastball, the slider looked good. The cutter looked really good. That's his knockout pitch. So that was looking good. Um, so that was really good to see. Uh, Giolito's scratching the surface. We saw a great start from Michael Kopech and Dylan Cease won pitcher of the month back-to-back. Not good enough to be an all-star or a diamond player in MLB The Show, but he can be pitcher of the month two months in a row. Fuck cards. Uh, so... <laughs> Oh, it's building up, man. It's just it's it sitting is. like right in my chest. I, I'm yeah. Are you allowed to smoke in the house? Can you smoke cigarettes in the house? Because no. I would really love this to see is, you guys, would, right now. This would turn into one of those hostage videos where Mrs. O just cuts my head off on live video. Because if I even thought about lighting a cigarette in this house, imagine if the Sykes had lost seven of ten. Yeah, oh, I wouldn't have been here tonight. I would have been on in a padded room in a straitjacket. Um, hitting wise. It's August Abreu, baby. It's August Abreu. Pete, I mean, he is MVP uh, time. Fids, I know you know this. What were the dudes' names that in Lord or um, not Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones? The Darthraki, right? The, or, yeah, the Darthraki. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's got the Darthraki chin stuff going on here. He's down to three rubber bands. That thing's like in mid-season form now. Uh, he's hitting Apple homers. It's looking good. No one's hotter than Eloy. 
I think I saw something in the last 10 games. Eloy's batting average went from like 140 to 290. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's slugging over 450 now. I mean, he's he's in he's in such a like in the zone period now where he's barely touching the ball and it's finding its way like around fielders. It's like that old Bugs Bunny cartoon when the ball like swigs in and out of fielder. Like he had a hit on Wednesday that I thought it was going to go in front of the catcher and it rolled into center field. It was whatever. Good for him. He's going. Um, everybody's really going for the White Sox right now, except for Tim Anderson. Uh, he's turned into the captain double play. What did I tell you guys? Danny Mendick. He's Danny Mendick's not doing too good, bud. Well, then I'm telling What did I tell you? The offense was better. Danny Mendick. <laughs> Dan, Danny is unavailable. Um, but Tim's still in all. I mean, he still gets hits. It's just, it seems like when there's runners on. It's well, like I think the problem with it, like, he just hasn't. I mean, I know he he's never been like a power guy, but like, he's not really hitting like any doubles anymore either. His no, slugging is way down. I'll take the base hits, though. I mean, I, I would love to see those base hits when he has two runners on and no outs, though. Yeah, I saw he's very bad with runners on uh, on or runners in scoring position. Yeah, it's and it's the double plays. It's I mean, Mitch, I'm sure you see it too. It's he just if there's a runner on first and less than uh, less than one out or two outs, it's going to be a double play. Now TA's gotten into being that guy. Uh, Fidge, your boy Andrew Vaughn, they move, they keep batting him in the two spot, and he's just hitting them where they ain't, and he's hitting them hard as fuck too. So, uh, love seeing that. Love seeing Josh Harrison turn it around. And I do want to address something. I'm going to get into this a little bit later in my tweets. I fucking hate when people do, but I saw this little asshole tweet. Uh, oh, where are all those people at that wanted a DFA, Josh? Not you, Beef Loaf. I know you're on vacation. <laughs> I'm not going to subtweet you on the thing. This is some other guy. Uh, where are all the people that wanted a DFA Josh Harrison after just 90 days of bad baseball? Homeboy is 35 years old on a tryout contract. Forgive me if after three months, I'm like, let's try something else. Can we let the record show who never gave up? You, I'll give that to you. I always Harris. do. That's another one of the people that I'm going to talk about is people that can't admit when they're wrong. I, I will. You guys know me by now. I will always admit when I was wrong. I'm first in line saying I'm glad Josh got it together. We said when he made the signing, I think I did like a 20-minute segment about how he's a great clubhouse guy and he's a great guy to have in the building. Yep. And I'm really happy he, he's going to stick around. I'm happy he figured it out. I don't want anyone on the White Sox to ever be bad. Mm-hmm. But three months on a one-year deal for a 35-year-old, I think is valid for me to be like, hey, it's time to DFA this guy and try something else. I don't feel like I was wrong in saying that. No, yep. not, it's been not, not even just bad. It was it was like liability out there. Like, yes. <laughs> it was... And he refused to take walks. Like balls were three feet out of the zone. He was lunging at the ball for ball four. It was. And it's not like you're providing any lights out defense either. I mean, that was fair. And like you said, I, I'm glad he's turned it around. I think it's really helped the offense out. Now they're getting keeping the line moving at the bottom of the lineup. And what do you know? Leury Garcia is out of the lineup the past couple of games, and the offense looks a mm-hmm. lot better. So Gavin Sheets starts hitting, and then he hurt his ankle running into a wall, which is weird what happens when you have first baseman playing the outfield. Probably could have been addressed in the trade deadline, but we're going to get to that in just a minute. Um, All these veiled threats at the rant. It's coming. Building. Who else has got... I mean, Adam Engel is doing his normal thing, you know, two-something hitter. But Yohan Moncada has been on fire. 
You want know, with runners in scoring? He's the opposite. He, him and Tim Anderson are polar theory. opposites. When no one's on base, Moncada looks like he can give a flying fuck at the plate. <laughs> if someone's on base, he is all-star, like, let's go. And it's wild to see. And then um, the the other breaking news here, though, is uh, Luis Robert not in hospice. Cause, not dead. Right. Dude. Don't fucking piss on my head and tell me it's raining. You know what I mean? Like, guy had, he went out for lightheadedness before the All-Star break. It's three weeks later, and he still has flu-like symptoms. And there's a couple things. This is very concerning to me, not even now as someone that's like, wow, I hope this guy plays center field for my favorite team. Now it's like, I'm, I've been along this journey with this guy. I kind of, I don't know him, but like, I've been part of this, whatever. I just hope as a human, he's okay. Like it's like past the whole fandom thing. It's like a humane thing. And it's, and they're, they're trying like how, how I get, okay. Maybe if this is outside of the area of the expertise of the guy that wraps ankles or like deals with ACL tears and stuff like that, but it's a major city. We have some of the best hospitals in the world in this city. Can't they just take him to a doctor and be like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? It's a billion dollar organization. Did, did they ever? By the way, did they ever say? Because he went on the IL, right? He went. Yeah, he's no, they never now. put him he's on, back the on the but he's back on the active play. roster. They said he was supposed to play today. Obviously, that didn't happen. So yeah. I think they're hoping he Although, plays. Although, but that was the thing. They never put him on the IL. Oh, okay. He held that roster spot for some reason. They just felt like I don't know. They were good enough to play shorthanded, and he held that roster spot because I don't think they knew what the hell was wrong with him. Because like, did he well, I think he did Charlotte? go on the ten day IL. Yeah, I think he went on the ten day. He was oh. on the ten day because he just okay. got activated and Davis Martin got sent back down. No, um, oh, but I was gonna ask like, what was the designation? Like, what was the injury? Did they? They have just flu like symptoms. Flu like yeah. symptoms, dude, for three weeks. Like dizzy, and they they said like dizziness and blurred vision, but other than that, they, like I don't know what know to. Go. I don't know what to expect when he comes back. He did one rehab start in Charlotte. He swung at the first pitch three times. <laughs> he actually worked it for like, I think Josh. Nelson All right. Saying, same approach. Same he worked approach. for seven minutes and then he couldn't yeah. play the next day. Yeah. I mean, the weird part is that they activated him and then he just didn't play. He just showed up in the clubhouse over the weekend. And like, it almost seemed like the players were even like, Oh, what? Okay, cool. What's up, dude. So, but there's over here. Yeah, right. He's <laughs> <laughs> like holding him by his arm, carrying him. I mean, over. I'm glad he's back. I hope they don't rush him for like just again on a human being level. Like, so I mean, those are the positive. There is good baseball being played on the field against teams. Come that on, though. You be. have Cubs fans waiting for your rant. But it's teams that they should be beating, though, and it's good. That's what you got to do. You got to play the games that are in there. But then the trade deadline comes. And I don't think I've ever felt more insulted as a White Sox fan than I was at this trade deadline. Now, I've said on the show multiple times leading up to this deadline, I think this is one of the most crucial trade deadlines of Rick Hahn's career as a GM. He has a team that on paper should be running away with this division that is playing well underneath expectations, well underneath what they should be doing, just well under, just not doing what they should be doing. There are glaring, glaring holes on this team. And then there's guys like us four. 
I mean, me and Mitch specifically, because we're the Sox fans on the show, who watch every pitch, who go to the games, who wear the stupid fucking Hawaiian shirts, who buy the mat, who buy the merch, who go on this and sacrifice time out of their week every week to talk about it, who tweets everything, who hangs on every aspect of this team, and you have glaring holes on this team. And there's a very active trade deadline. There's things going back and forth. And the best thing you do is you walk away with Jake Dykeman. Deekman. Deek? Is it Deek or Dyke? It's Deek. Deek. Jake Deekman. Which, okay. You needed a lefty reliever. I was like, okay. Decent start. Small start. Let's go. All right. But I need more. You have first baseman playing the fucking outfield. Your utility guys are should not be starting every day. And all of a sudden... On Tuesday, there's name decent sized names flying around everywhere. Guys that would I would love on the White Sox. I mean, Juan Soto, okay, let's get over that. We all knew he wasn't coming to the White Sox. The trade was one for the books. But like the reliever Lopez going from Baltimore to the fucking twins of everybody. Your fucking rival, the people you're trying to catch are sitting there getting better on guys that you should have. And you're sitting there on your fucking thumbs. And then they go out and they get a good starting pitcher too. And you're just sitting and you're like, okay, well, what are you doing? I'm doing the live space with Josh Nelson and all those guys. And they're sitting there. They're like, there's not even rumors. There's not even rumors. Ah, ah, there was one. What the Otani bullshit? No, 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 not that one. That was just uh, for everyone to laugh at. Uh, the White Sox wanted everyone to know that they were in on Jose Quintana. That I, that drove me. <laughs> that was the last straw. That, that literally broke my back. Because then there was the Otani news. Like, there was three teams that made serious offers for Otani, and the White Sox were one of them. We don't know what that offer is. We'll never know what that offer is. I don't know how they got their name in it, whose palm they greased, if they paid 50 grand to be on the podcast, whatever. But their name was in there. And then Twitter ran away with it. I was just like, whatever. They actually took that as a sign as a good thing. I was like, oh, they're taking big swings. If we're making packages for Otani, of course we're going to go and get some of these mid-tier guys. What a dumb fuck I am. Because I thought, yeah, let's go. I was ready to go. But you're looking at a guy with just egg all over his face. Because I was so... I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. And I like Rick Hahn. I know I'm in a, a vast majority. And I'm going to say this right now. I like Rick Hahn. I think he's a man of integrity. I think he's very smart. I don't know what the fuck happened here. So the trade deadline comes and goes. You're seeing guys go like Noah Syndergaard would have loved him in the lineup because you don't know what's going on with it. You know, like uh, Razul Iglesias goes to Atlanta. Ooh, that was decent in the White Sox bullpen. You know, Chris Jury goes to the Padres because why not? The Padres just need every fucking player that's available. <laughs> they got Josh Hader too. Josh, you need a lefty reliever. The be- Apparently the best lefty reliever in baseball over the last couple of years is available. And they could have matched that offer for Hater. It would have hurt a little bit, but they could have matched that offer. The Soto offer, no, I mean, whatever. I'm not even going to touch that. They could have matched that offer. And then, so it comes and goes. I was, I was in, I was shell shocked. I, I was shocked. You literally just slapped the entire fan base in the face, in my opinion. You slapped, it, it was the most disrespectful thing. I've never wanted to fight someone I don't know more in my entire life. I legit wanted to go and fight. I mean, I'm not threatening physical violence, so everyone kind of fucked down. It was just expressing the level of anger. But if you see Rick, I'd probably just give him a firm handshake and talk to him a little bit. That's all I want to do is just talk to him a little bit. 
but Mitch, Mitch, your thoughts before we jump in? Oh, I'm gonna let him go. You can go ahead. Yeah. Uh, keep going. So then, so keep going, Zach. So then it ends. I'm sitting here in shock. Don't know what the fuck's going on. And I go through like the seven stages of like emotions, like denial, anger, like grief, acceptance, all that other bullshit. And I wake up today thinking I'll be over. I'm not over it. All the time, all the effort, all the hours, all the pitches, all the bullshit, everything that we sit through, all the def- all the time I spent defending, talking about everything of this team. And I feel like I just got fucking pissed on. Whatever you're playing, Fids, turn it off, please. <laughs> I was really trying to set the mood. I was, I was trying to and push. I just got fucking, it was an insult, man. It was an insult to every White Sox fan out there. It drove me absolutely insane. And then this dude, we all knew it was coming too. I don't know what, again, why I'm acting surprised or why I thought this would be different. We all knew it was coming. Bruhan Luke even put up a fucking uh, drinking game for it, which he was spot on. But Han came out. This asshole comes out into the does his press conference from the dugout and he does like the spread legs. Like, Oh, I'm going to hang my arm here. Like I'm super disappointed in what's going on. And he talks about how no one's more disappointed than they are. The fuck that's right. I can name about a, Ooh, I can name about 40,000 people that are more disappointed than you chuckles. And then he says he has the fucking balls to come out and he's like, Oh, it's not a money thing. Don't put this on Jerry. It's not a money thing. It's not, if it's not a money thing and it's not on Jerry, that's on you, asshole. You're not doing your job. Could you imagine? I'm in sales. Could you imagine I tell my boss I have like the worst month? I bring in zero dollars or, okay, I'll say $250 in a month because I got Jake Diekman. <laughs> and fucking, I tell my boss, hey, it's cool though. I tried. I just, it moved really, really fast and I didn't know what to do. Bro, I'd be getting unemployment right now. This is insane. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't get, I don't get how that flies. I don't get how he's still employed right now. So either he's just jumping on the grenade for Jerry because he Jerry was sitting there nixing trades and, and saying you can't take on this money. And to keep his job, Han's out there being like, yeah, this was on me. Jerry gave me a blank check. Like, I fucked up. Or he's incompetent. I mean, I'm not seeing a third option here. Dallas Keiko is the third option. It's probably, he's the problem. I mean, he needs to go practice falling down because he's fucking garbage. <laughs> and... I just, that's basically where I'm at right now. And like, I, I couldn't even watch the game on Tuesday night. And I love, I love White Sox. I love the White Sox. I think I've expressed that on the show very clearly a million times how much I love the White Sox. And I couldn't even watch the game on Tuesday. I got the updates on my phone. I saw all the runs and I was like, oh, dope. But if you look at my Twitter feed, I think I had one tweet during the game, which for me is very low. And it was just a dog in him tweet because Eloy is a dog. But it, I was sick, dude. I, it, I I felt fucking insulted, dude. And I still feel insulted. And they're going to go on a little run here. And it's going to be great because they're playing a fairly easy schedule for the rest. And it looks like these bats are going. The pitchers are starting to find their groove. I think they're still going to win a division. I can still be optimistic about the season and be mad right now. And that's exactly where I'm at. I just, I don't understand how this fucking happened. And he literally said it just was going really fast. Are you fucking kidding me? How long have you been in this position? Like this, that's a joke. Like, I, I don't know how in his brain, he's a smart guy too. I don't understand how him in his, from his brain to his mouth, it came out like, this is a good thing to say out loud. Like I'm teaching my one-year-old how to like filter shit and like use your words. 
Like, I don't understand how that fucking happens. Absolutely insane to me. And the the press conference, I mm, I had to go outside. I go outside and rip a heater because I was about to break my TV, which is stupid. I hate those videos because you're a fucking idiot. It's your own property. But I was so mad. So I'm literally like my fist is clenched into a like right now. I'm like rubbing. I'm so mad right now. And yeah, I think I'm more mad now than I was after the Harper Machado shit. Zulk. I'm more Zulk. mad right now. So I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to sip on this delicious pop right here. You guys go ahead, whatever you got on it. Cause All right, Mitch, next up, up, next up. Oh, I got to follow that up. Um, I mean, yeah. With the, it feels, I'll, I'll be honest, I was not as shocked because there's a whole lot of rinse and repeat with the like that when the Otani news came out, and then there's another report from Jim Bowden, I think, that's like, oh, the White Sox are in and all these like premium players, and then of course, something happens, so it's like, yeah, that was all like a bullshit smokescreen, obviously. Um, so I mean, not really, I, I don't know, and I get they have a bad farm system and everything, but it's almost like. <laughs> With the general manager, it's like that Seinfeld like bit with like the running car. Like, yeah, you know how to like take the reservation. But you don't know how to keep the reservation. That's the most important part. And that's kind of the same thing when you have a contending team. Yeah, he built the contender, but you know, like, you got to add the final pieces to push it over the edge. And that's kind of like one of the most important parts of supplement the roster, especially when we got holes that we re- we realized that the like heading clearing in- holes. What what the holes? Everybody were knows what the roster. And what are we still talking about? Come August the same holes on the roster and did nothing to address it. And even like the bullpen help, like, yeah, we need like, we need reliever help. Like Jake Diekman. I mean, he's got the worst walk rate among qualified relievers. I mean, it's a fine pickup, but like that's not moving the needle for anything. It's no, like, I mean, like, that's the only move. He, I mean, so said it's, it's kind of a, do you guys remember a couple years ago when the Padres and the White Sox had the number like two and three farm system in baseball? It's when like Robert was still in the farm system and all that shit. And then like the White Sox called their guys up, which you know you're supposed to do. And the Padres did the same. But miraculously, the Padres remain having a top fucking farm system. And the White Sox went to the basement and can't get out. I mean, like that, that shows again, more front office incompetence. And it seemed like every team was making moves. Like the Twins had the 19th ranked farm system entering the season. Like it's better than the Sox, but like that's nothing special. And they're added all these relievers. They improved the rotation. Everyone around the White Sox seemed to be getting better, except for them. So, and then of course he gets out there and he does his like usual word salad too. Like, like you could have done a drinking game with like what he wasn't even say. a good one. No, it was like it one was... of his worst bullshit conferences he's done. He did a way better one after the Machado Harper fuck up. Like this one just made me more mad. Usually, like you laugh at it, and you're like, "Oh, he's back on his bullshit, whatever." But he still had a little wiggle room back then, though. He was he wasn't in the doghouse like he was. I just don't understand. I just don't understand that how you can fuck up your job so much and still be employed. I mean, I think the only thing I I can add, and uh, Trees made a comment uh, from the YouTube comments too. uh, You know, making fun of the lack of player development. Uh, and the lack of guys that you can trade and like the flaw or the, you know, the real problem with this trade deadline is that the White Sox didn't have anyone that they could trade. No, the only good, our, good guy they have and is I get Colson that. Montgomery. So the problem goes back to the off season, you know, six months ago, whatever it was. Yes. When the, like you said, Zoe, the glaring needs were there. Everybody knew it. Need a right fielder. Need a second base. Probably use a better starting pitcher or, you know, 
Especially and, when you got and, a guy like Kopik that's on an innings limit. You're watching mm-hmm. his innings. I'm sorry. Go so ahead. Like, I don't mean that, that's where the real problem was because at, the, at that point, that's when you can just be like, all right, fine. We don't have anyone that we could trade because our prospects, our farm system isn't that good. So let's shell out the money. But instead, he decided to spend the money on Kendall Graveman, Joe Kelly. Uh, you know, he did the Kimball trade. I mean, at the end of the day, that Craig Kimball trade is going to every tape that are, that's uh, going to be connected to that is going to lose. <laughs> the Cubs, the Dodgers, the White Sox. Like that's just hey, that, that one didn't work. Like, but like, <laughs> at least they were being aggressive. They're like, all right, we need bullpen help. This is the best reliever on the market. Let's go get. It. So I didn't even like when it happened. It's like, all right, I understand right. it. Like, good for being a good. The only rumor that they really had, because I remember I was sitting at my computer all day, like for the deadline stuff, like waiting for something to happen. And then, of course, the Otani rumor comes out, but like, I don't think any like reasonable White Sox fan thought that was actually going to happen. Like, that just seems like, all right, yeah, that's. But like, they, they weren't like, other than that, they really were not attached to anyone else, like of note, which is also frustrating. So, like, that was that was frustrating enough in, in itself sitting around all day. And then, of course, when they do make a trade, I was out for dinner. I was like, you got to be kidding me, Rick Hahn. And that was the only <laughs> one they made. So I couldn't even get to that in timely fashion. So Rick Hahn screwed me too. Oh, uh, and all the rest. Of, yeah, it's brutal. And then, I, and then this I is not a time for the these day. kind of comments. But Paul, appreciate you listening to the show. They but did. If the Sox misuse Kimbrough, then what are the Dodgers doing with them? What's happening in – what's the excuse in L.A.? Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, and then obviously the backdrop of this is at the is that the White Sox are a disappointing team. Like imagine if the White Sox were not like Yankees level, like beating up everyone, but they were like firmly in first place and they only added Jake Diekman. You would be like, all right, kind of slow, but we have a great team. So like obviously it does fall back on the players, the horrid start that they started. And, uh, you know, but if you're gonna we've all made by- a mention of the schedule – they're He's gonna gonna come. be in it, so. I mean, but when you come out and like it's a limited, the window's closed, like the, the clock's ticking on the window, and he's gonna come out and say like, "Look, like I'm not gonna be satisfied until we have like championship parade, and your only move is to add Jake and year two of your contention window. I'm when you sure only got like two more of these, like why are you like they're wasting a season? They're punting on a season. I'm so sick like. of windows. I'm so sick of seats at the tables. I'm so sick of fucking mirrored and mediocrity. I'm so sick of all that bullshit. They have a very good team on paper right now. And now, I mean, in the last 10 games, we're seeing guys play to where we thought they'd be. Ish. I thought this team would score a ton more runs and would really mask even any kind of mound struggles they might have. I I really did think that this offense was going to put up six, seven runs a game consistently and it it just you know and i don't know what the approach is you know we've talked about minichino and the put the ball in play thing i don't know if it's has to do with that sooner or later they've probably gone away from that at this point so i mean i don't think they're still preaching that because it's not working you know you always adapt and adjust but i just i thought this team was going to be putting up beer league softball scores on a routine basis and they should be they haven't no they haven't they should be i mean they without a doubt they need to this offseason, because again, I the way I see this playing out, they win the division, they're going to lose in the playoffs. I mean, look at what the Yankees, look at what the Padres did to their team. Like, I can't see the White Sox competing with any of those teams. The Astros, um, the Mariners, but the Mariners. I mean, you can argue last year too at full strength. I think they were slightly right. more talented than they are this year, and they still got their ass handed to them in the first round. So, so the season ends. 
if Rick Hahn is still around, I mean, Frank's got to go. Cat's probably, I don't know. They'll probably keep him. I don't know. There's a love affair there. Uh, I mean, Tony, Tony won't get fired. And I think people are wasting their time saying fire Tony, fire Tony, fire Tony. They're not going to fire fucking Tony. I don't know how many times we have to say that. How many times other people have said, they're not going to fire Tony. Jerry's just not going to let that happen again. As long as it's Jerry's money, he's not going to let Tony get fired again. What they need to do is have a good, long, hard talk with Tony and be like, bro, you're almost 80 years old. Maybe you move into like an advisor role. You know, something like that. But they need a younger guy in that dugout. I cannot, I stress this enough, how much I respect Tony Roos as, as a baseball person. His knowledge of baseball, his career in baseball, what happens outside of baseball, I don't give a shit about. But it's what he's done for baseball I'm strictly talking about right now. The man is top of the line. Top of the line. And he should be in an advisor role. But he's 80 years old, man. I have a question. Like I'm like the two Bobs in an office space sitting down with Miguel Cairo. What is it you exactly do here? You can go too. No one would even know. No like, one, literally, no one would know. Job, buddy. Like I mean, I I watch like guy. I mentioned earlier. I watch every pitch, every everything with this team. Miguel Cairo could be pumping gas next to me at the gas station. I wouldn't know who the fuck it was. Like I just don't know what he does. I have a I have a question. Let's play this out hypothetically. Then uh, I've seen the what like the. The best case scenario for the White Sox right now is, you know, win division, get to the playoffs. Maybe they win that wild card game, but right now you're thinking once they're playing the Yankees or the Astros, yeah, uh, you know, see. they're going to get beat. So let's say yeah. that happens. Um, heading into the offseason, so, you know, in terms of the core players, Lise Robert, Eloy, Yohan Mankata, Tim Anderson, uh, I mean, Abreu is going to be a free agent, but I, I'm assuming he's going to want to come back. Then yeah, I think they're going to start. I they think need gonna him just, back. They're just going to uh, start rocking those one-year deals with him until it's over. Um, Andrew Vaughn. So, like, out of the – and then, you know, Gizmine Grandal has the one more deal. Out of those, what did I say, like six, seven players, would you be content if there's it's another year of failure at the end of 2022 if just they bring all those guys right back? I'd be all right want, with it. Or do you want to see them shake it up at least a little bit? There, there's so yeah. many other things, though, that that's contingent on. You know what I mean? Like, who's playing second base? Like, I mean, if it costs Eloy to fill, get you an, an arm in a second baseman, then okay, like maybe we talk about shaking shit up a little bit. But every player you just named is a good baseball player. Yep. Every player you just named starts on almost every team in this league. Of course. In one aspect of it. But I don't think it's like a, like a meshing problem with this team. I just feel like, I mean, again, the reason why I was saying all that about Tony is I just, in my head, I can't picture Tony, like getting a guy up or, you know, like giving that rah-rah speech or, you know, the more, like I just, and I'm not going to lean on that. He fell asleep in the dugout. All right. It was funny. And it was like embarrassing I, and whatever, but he's almost 80 and Fids, me and you talked about it in the thing because I was hot and you, you brought me back down to earth. But, like, I mean, the camera guy saw an opportunity, jumped all over it. And people, you know, aren't going to let that go. But it's just, I think they just, for this team, he is not a good fit as the manager. I think for this team, they need someone a little bit younger, someone a little bit more fiery, someone 
and I'm not saying Ozzy, stop. I know one of you is going to be like, oh, you just described Ozzy Guillen. I am not saying Ozzy Guillen by any length or measure. I'm just saying somebody that can, you know, chew a guy out or, you know what I mean? Like right now, I feel like there's no accountability on this team from the top down because apparently Rick Hahn could just from apparently Rick Hahn could just not do his job and be okay. You know, we're seeing guys do lazy ass shit and other shit that they should be benched for. Also, just no account, no accountability. There's no bad cop in that clubhouse right now. That's no. the problem that I think this team has. You have yes, to have a good cop and a bad cop. You can't have two good cops. You can't have best buddies, and you can't have all bad cops either. You need to have someone that breaks the lever. You know, the breaks breaks it down too. But and this Dallas team, Keiko, team. Cop. <laughs> Dallas Keuchel's an those, asshole. One of those douchebags from uh, what was it? Uh, with Denzel Washington, when he no, no, with Denzel Washington, where they get into his doghouse and they like take all the money and they kill his dog. Uh, shit, American uh, gangster. But no, there, there is no. Somebody has to. There is nobody getting butts. Someone usually there has to be some. I mean, there has to be somebody that's going to chew someone out. Someone that's going. I hate to say this, and I'm like, I'm not advocating, you know, whatever. But someone maybe needs to throw somebody up against the wall and say, "Get your head out of your ass." Shit, man, shit here. Somebody and there's nobody in there that really has that. You know, it sounds like everybody's more intent to go to back to their 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 cubby hole and just chill out. And Ooh, you want a little echo? Echo. Um, but then someone's got to do it. Someone's got to yeah, do it. Drake shit. Do a Billy Bean, man. Just go in there and just start throwing shit and be like, "Winning doesn't sound like this," or whatever the speech was. I'm just saying, act. like, it's an act. Just, it is an act. But Tony don't got the effort. Tony got got time for that shit. Tony's got energy, enough energy to get through the fucking day, man. He ain't got energy to go in there and start throwing shit around. And I'm just, I mean, they, I don't know. Cairo does nothing. I mean. He they, makes the nice lineup cards. He makes it. He does that. He, he, he has great handwriting. He does have very nice handwriting. Yeah. Um, the, but that, that to me is the biggest thing that needs to be addressed. Since it's I a feel graphics like, department. I feel like the talent is on this roster minus the instances that we've mentioned before i just don't i think they need an ass kicker and they he's do. not there and he's it's not there. there there's no one in the clubhouse really either. liam hendrix had a really good interview on 670 score a couple weeks ago and they were like asking him about like the accountability in the clubhouse and it was basically like well you know jose Abreu occasionally will like pull people aside and talk to him but that's about it like liam is in the bullpen half the time so like those bullpen yep. people are really isolated of some starting pitchers, you know, you're pitching once every five days. They don't really feel comfortable. So there's no one in that clubhouse really that has the personality even either to like kind of be, it has to come from one of, one of the coaches and yep. he's just not seeing it. So that's what also. I needed to catch my breath a little bit, but I want to bring this up because I want you guys, this needs to be addressed because this is one of the more wild things that happened at the trade deadline. How is Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ still on the Cubs? Wilson Contreras easily leads the league in dugout hugs now. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't, how does that happen? I'll, I'll leave that to you too. I just don't get how that happens. Take it away, Kevin. Well, I mean, because you sit on your hands. I mean, we've talked about it. I He, he was tradable. He had, he actually had a robust market in early June. And a lot of people were like, well, it's too early. You want to get close to the deadline. But what happened in this whole trade deadline is the fact that what was it? Seven catchers, six catchers were traded from some team to another team in this draft. And, you know, I think that in, in general, I think Jed Hoyer negotiating, you know, getting in these talks, I think last year created a trigger shy opposition. I think everybody has got one eye open. Nobody wants to get Pete Crow Armstrong. Nobody. 
I mean, that's a testament to what Jed did last year. I'll got to compliment that. But holy smokes, he goes in there and nobody wanted to deal with him. None. Mets weren't going to give. Mets, you know, and again, I don't take, you know, you know, he's going to say what he says. You know, oh, we didn't like these offers. I'm telling you 100%, 100%. Everybody walked away from Jed. Jed didn't walk away from shit. Jed offered and tried and tried and everyone's like, yeah, no, dude. And they, and he, I think he was he just asking for too much. Yep. He was sorry, I just want to be clear. Absolutely. So asking, absolutely. Okay. And so, yeah. So, you know, Willie, I mean, yeah, the Juan Soto deal, you know, going down to, you know, to, to San Diego really create, I mean, if he goes to, I mean, at one point the Dodgers were the favorite, became the favorites. The Cardinals were second and you know, the, the Padres are all but resigned to the Cardinals getting Juan Soto. And when the Dodgers jumped in, Padres got real serious. And and once they did that, what they did, that really kind of set the market insane. I mean, I know that Ian Happ had some really, there were some talks with the Dodgers. And then all of a sudden, pop, Joey Gallo. Boom. Um, you know, He's going to be so good in LA too, and it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I'm, I'm so, I'm stoked for him for that fresh start. But that was just something. That's another got, fucking name. Sorry. He got free agencies though. You got him. Hold on. And Jack got undercut a lot. He got undercut. So people like were willing to give it the Hosmer deal. People were, you know, the, the Red Sox were willing to actually give a 13th, their 13th best prospect to get two of those guys and then take Hosmer's contract. So, I mean, there were, it was like a, it, it was like the, the Cubs had overvalued. I mean, again, here's the problem. If they don't resign, they don't extend, excuse me, let me say that wrong. They don't extend Wilson Contreras before this season ends. Jed Hoyer is an asshole period because of what it might represent. He is an asshole already. I mean, yeah, but this is just a little bit more proof. I mean, I'll, you know, all that love and family doesn't mean shit when you're trying to cut corners here. And so, and I don't think, you know, we talked about the qualifying offer. I don't think the qualifying offer would be that easy for Willie to pass up in the first place. It's going to be great. But what it does is it sends him into the offseason without any options other than the Cubs because nobody's going to even try. You know, if he was able to, you know, he was traded, then he has he gets to write his own ticket and he might not get 18 million on the open market. But at least he had the opportunity to get wined and dined and wooed and be told he was special by other organizations before he goes back to where he goes. It literally kills his ability to enjoy that free agency process, which is part of it. It's part of like it's 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 a peak moment for a player. And so he takes that away from Willie if he doesn't extend him. Hap, I'm happy. Um, I'm frozen. Am I frozen? I can see you fine. Yeah, you fine. Oh, sorry. I was like, huh? Like, but uh, sorry, I saw that in the chat. I was like, whoa. But to get the UFD, uh, you have to just, you know, he didn't do it. He didn't, he got undercut. He, he, I think he, again, it's a compliment to what he did last year, but he got a couple good arms again for guys that they didn't really, really need in the first place. I mean, the Efros thing was kind of like shocking a little bit, but they got arms back. I mean, I can't complain about the arms. I mean, you get, the more arms you get, and some of those dudes have some pretty good stuff. So if they can, yeah. you know, one guy, though, was there was funny. They're like, he's the number seven ranked prospect in the Yankees organization. I'm like, he was number 30 last year, and 14 guys were traded away that were in front of him. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of had a little bit of a loaded die there, but it's fine. He's going to be a good ball player. So I, I think that those are going to make sense. But, you know, I've always Homeboy said it. Throws some frisbees, dude. Do you see the, yeah, the video on that kid from the Yankees that they mm-hmm. got? Holy frisbees, man. Yeah, but um, I said it on here. If Wilson, if two things happen this year at the trade deadline, if Ian Happ stays a Cub, and the Cubs extend Wilson Contreras at some point during the season. I will believe into this offseason that Jed Hoyer means business. Like with this next season, if if they don't, I I still won't. Like believe. you think he'll go? They'll go after like a Correa level player, like a top tier free agent. 
Well, Correa said he won't play for a team that's not ready to win yet. Well, I'm just, I was just using him as an example. I mean, yeah. pick any top tier free agent, but you don't want to lose a pick for Bogart. Same thing that 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 Wilson would have attached to him. Bogarts will have attached to him too, and that's going to really limit Bogarts market there was like that hope that bogarts would get traded somewhere so that he would be off the hook there too and the cubs that would be a really great pickup for the cubs but now i think that he's probably less less likely for the cubs now too because he's got that qo that's coming he was weirdly bogart was weirdly hot about the christian vasquez trade to houston he did an interview yesterday and he was like pissed about it i was like well it's not that good dude like might just be his boy but sorry mitch go ahead I was going to say for the Cubs, especially because there's all this talk like, hey, let's go sign an Aaron Judge or Trey Turner. Like, like, I always thought it made more sense to extend Wilson Contreras because there's not that many good catchers in the market. You know, no. he's been there a while. He deserved it. But the fact that they were like made it clear that they were going to try and trade him. I, if I'm Wilson Contreras, why would I want to like they kind of just treat him like crap. I just went through all that. I I don't think it's any foregone conclusion that they're going to, you know, he's going to accept the low ball qualifying offer. Like that better be. If I'm Wilson Contreras, I better be getting a pretty good offer in return there. I think, you know, what happened, you kind of alluded to it. They just got greedy. I think it was completely overvalued. And then all the catchers were gone. They panicked and, you know, didn't oh, want to kick them out for nothing. But I, I'm going to get completely off topic here for a minute because I forgot to address this in the White Sox thing. But we need to talk about this real quick. I don't look like this, dude. No. Not really, right? Different no. face. Like, Zo, you're just getting white guy beard. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm getting white guy with a red beard. Yeah. And a baseball hat. And a baseball hat. Yeah, yeah, like, we have the same, like, red tint to the beard. Yeah, but, that, like, it's not even the same, like, kind He's got, of like, a longer, color. skinnier face than I do. Like, he's, like, in shape and shit. And I got a fat face. But So everyone stops sending Zo. Even though he's been really, I mean... Two appearances so far. He's fast. Six, he's faced the minimum batter, six batters. He struck out four of them. And I mean, that, that's always been his mo, though. Like he throws gas, he strikes out a lot of guys. It's just that he control's been a problem, and that's why he's kind of yeah. just been like a middle of the road reliever because he doesn't give up a whole lot of hits either. Like I think opponents well, only hitting two or three off him this year. He just walks. Yeah. I was okay guys. with the deal. I mean, they got rid of the literal jerk off, so that. <laughs> cleared room for your boy Sebi, which yeah. I wanted Sebi to win that battle anyways. And they got the lefty arm and then they also got him back in a bullpen with Liam Hendricks. Like I I don't think people are right, putting enough weight on open. that. They were they were teammates through uh Deakman's best years. He was in a bullpen with Liam Hendricks. And of course the White Sox fans favorite line, say it with me kids, cats will fix them. So it's it but I, I don't mind that move at all. I want to be very no, clear about I, that. Especially because like, like Reese was out of minor league options and you were going to have to get rid of a catcher anyway. So it's like, hey, you know, the yeah. fact that they were able to get something for him, props to him. But if the only move is getting like an average reliever that happens to be a lefty. Like, I was so pumped. Dude. Really- I was like, that's a good move. I was like, that's a good move to get it started. Let's go. Like, all right, now we're now we're rolling. And then fucking nothing. I can't believe they jerked McGuire around like that. What a jerk off. <laughs> Well, they jerked that Willie around uh, on the north side, too. And then they just uh, kept on. But, uh, I mean, going back to the Wilson Contreras not getting traded, it goes back to the same thing that happened with Rick Hahn and not addressing the needs, not making moves at the deadline. It goes the same with Jed Hoyer, Carter Hawkins, and the Cubs. The time to move Wilson Contreras was in the offseason, where, again, we're talking about a 30-year-old catcher who, you know, you're going to be trading for a rental a catcher just isn't going to bring you that much. I don't mind that the high, that the price, the asking price was high. Good, it should be. You should try to get 
as much value as you think that you can get. The Cubs, right now, you know, again, they're only prospect rankings. We have no clue how these players are going to turn out. But so far, oh my it seems God. like they Sorry, did a although... great job last trade uh, deadline oh, with those big trades. Fuck. What's up, Zoe? So Juan, so, so Juan Soto and Josh Bell walked in their first at-bats for the Padres. And then fucking Brandon Drury, who I wanted the White Sox to get more than anyone, comes up to the plate for the Padres and hits a motherfucking grand slam in his first fucking appearance for the Padres. Look up the, look up the Drury trade. I, I want to see what the return, what did the Padres trade to get him? Because I want to oh, see if the Sox could have actually done that. Because they probably God should. damn it. Uh, they operate how we wanted the White Sox to operate. <laughs> it's pretty funny, That's though, because it's like – because it's like almost in every kind of big free agent and trade deadline, the Padres and the Sox have been in the same position. And like every and they time, they have no the shot at winning the division either. Like they're 11 yeah. and a half back. Like they're gunning strictly on the wild card and they're still out making all these moves. Like we're like, they're trying to hand the division to us. Why? <laughs> so the Wilson Contreras, and it was so weird because think about like last year, like uh, Kevin, we were like sobbing on the show basically yep. when uh, all the traded, uh, the uh, players got traded, when, you know. Uh, Rizzo, Brian, Baez, and you know the, the Kimbrel trade. You know, at that point, you're trading away everyone, so it doesn't matter if you trade away your closer. Uh, but so this year, I remember I literally landed uh, back in Phoenix from Chicago, like five minutes after the trade deadline, and I'm expecting to see like the messages. Oh, you know, Contreras went here, Hap went there. This is what they got back. Boom, boom, boom. But no, it's like they didn't trade either of them. And it's such a weird thing because, like, again, we in a normal situation, right, Kevin? We'd be like, we're glad that they didn't trade him. It's like, you know, you want to keep your good players, right? But then it doesn't make sense because why does everyone freak out? Because there hasn't been any extension talks with Wilson Contreras since, like, 2017 or 18. <laughs> they have zero interest in having Wilson Contreras long-term. And I think all the talk about the at, at first I thought like oh yeah like they'll they'll definitely offer the, him the qualifying offer after you know soaking it all in I kind of uh, I'm not so sure that they will offer him the qualifying offer I think the I think Jed Hoyer looked whatever it is if it, he doesn't like the way he catches the way he handles the starting rotation the just starting pitching staff in general or the Cubs with the entire front office they've obviously made a hard pivot to we are going to get as much pitching prospects as we can get. We are all in on our pitching development. And if they don't trust Wilson Contreras to carry that along, I'm not so sure that he gets that qualifying offer this offseason. So the Reds got the Padres' number six prospect, shortstop Victor Acosta. Okay. It was a 1-1 trade. Acosta for jury. You just hit a goddamn I mean, again, slam. that goes back to the Sox just don't have anyone. Given them a Cespedes, though. I, I feel like Cespedes. Yeah, maybe Cespedes. Cespedes plus might get that done. I mean, it. Does, I don't think that's like a. I they could have got that done. Yeah. They could have got it done. They could. That was my guy. Since Alex sold me on him like a month ago, like that was the guy I honed in on. He was affordable. It wasn't a big splashy player. The Padres don't even have like a space for him, but they're just getting him in the lineup, and he's hitting grand slams now. He was hitting. For, he had power. He had yep. a decent power. average, and with no line. Played second base. Played yeah. second base. He's the everyday second base starter for the White Sox. They did this last year too with Frazier. Fucking Padres. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, we don't really have room for this guy, but screw the White Sox. We'll take him. 
I know he didn't work out there. He's playing pretty all right in Seattle now, but I think that was just a, a culture fit thing. But, uh, I mean, props to the, like we said earlier, Padres, Braves, Mariners, Yankees. Twins. Twins. Well, twins, not really. I mean, twins. Give them props. They did moves, though. They, they had a good deadline. I wouldn't say they were one of the top. It was kind of weird, though, that too. Cleveland, who's in arguably the same spot as the White Sox, didn't do shit either. Well, see, that's, that's the other thing where expectations, right? Cleveland yeah. wasn't expected to compete. No. So it's Cleveland's like, well, we're here. They They're just playing with house money. Yeah. yeah. In Minnesota, was it? There weren't any like huge moves, but I think they addressed a bunch of the needs they had. So I would say they had a very solid deadline because they needed clear bullpen help and they upgraded and then they got some starting depth, starting rotation depth. Uh, but oh, going back to the Cubs, I actually think Hap was that was a shocking one too because I think his value is at as high as it's going to get. So the fact they couldn't get anything for him is like. And do you think that's, he's part of a core like contending team? Like he's good, uh, he's okay. I don't think that's the troublesome part. Yeah. Because again, as much as I like Ian Happ over on how he's developed over the years in the majors, he hasn't been all that consistent until this. This has been his longest stretch of consistency within like a year. So like, yeah, the Cubs are obviously we're you know trying to get offers for him because, like you said, Mitch, this is his all time. You know his value is at an all time high. But teams were probably like, eh, like it's really I only been this year. Yeah. To to address this, Mark, uh, again, appreciate you listening, watching us on Facebook. I don't think this is a Willie problem. This isn't, and nobody wanted Willie. I think yeah, no. the Cubs got a plethora of offers for Wilson Contreras. I think they just overvalued him. I don't think they did. Uh, it was it was pretty much the Mets and the Padres. And you just think they look, they look, look at the catch of the Astros got. They got like I mean they have Christian Vasquez. That's not yeah. and the Mets actually walked away like on Saturday too. They like the Mets it was really yeah. just Cubs Padres for the last like 24, 48 hours. Yeah, the Mets was, were yeah. the Mets were pretty much the, the Cubs like stole Pete Crow Armstrong from them, traded them Baez and Trevor Williams. And the Mets are just uh, scared now to make yeah. any to make any moves because they don't know how to self-evaluate their own farm system. <laughs> Yeah. And, so, and, you know, and, again, like you said, Kevin, hats off to the Cubs last year. Yep. They made off with that and that deal. Pete mm-hmm. Armstrong is not like a, a bona fide top, like, what, top 50 prospect right now? Or pot, he's top what 100? Is he uh, he's, uh, according to Fangraphs, Fangraphs has him as the top 30. 29th, 29th best prospect yeah. in all of baseball. So, uh, again, uh, the issue, the, 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 the frustrating part is, that, like, I don't see. I don't see. Tampa. Field. Sprinkling some up. You don't trade with Tampa Bay, though. I, I, I get that. I'm not even going to bring that up. You they, just were, they were they were only attached. I don't. I'm not entirely sure they had really any dialogue. I I mean, I didn't see much. I don't. Maybe there were some reports that they were, but I I thought that there was more like a this fits these this team needs a catcher because like, they lost their catcher after the season. Yeah. yeah. And I really do think there are there are uh, serious questions about just how. And again, this was apart from beginning as a, a season and, you know, continuing on with Wilson Contreras as your catcher mid season, you know, how is he going to mesh with the pitching staff? But I think there are legitimate questions like Wilson Contreras, how good of a catcher, catcher is he? He's improved slightly, but it, it's still not always pretty. That's right. always been the biggest knock on Wilson Contreras. Like him just good follow up, Mark, the answer to the catcher. Right. No, I agree with y'all. I mean, but the follow up Mark's question is then why don't the cover is money. 
I well, I can also say this too, and it, just to kind of calm your nerves on that one too. I mean, KB has never said anything bad about Wilson Contreras. In fact, I think the cancer in the clubhouse that made Wilson Contreras kind of like part of another clique was traded last year to the Mets. To be honest, um, you know, talking about Javier Baez, I'll say because you're dancing <laughs> it was, around it. Talking about sorry, Javier Baez, but Wilson Contreras with no hobby in the clubhouse has been an absolute amazing dude, and that's actually what I've heard from. That's that's he's he's not it was but you know when you're hanging out with a turd bucket sometimes you look like a turd yourself and in that case the, the way that the behavior was going and some of the lack of professionalism that came from from that dude is uh uh it rubs off a little bit but I don't think that yeah you know, Willie actually stands apart from that Willie's actually when Willie's with good people and acting good and act or that act well and, and are good people he he he's he's a good man he's fine. It's just by the way, influenced because he's very emotional. By the way, in terms of the, I know I'm talking about how I think I just don't see a scenario where like he comes back to the Cubs for even the qualifying offer next year, let alone an extension. I have to say there is the possibility. Remember, going back to the arbitration for this year, they had the they had the money gap, and then all of a sudden, for no reason, like they didn't have to agree before, because like what do the Cubs care? They don't have to mend their relationship with him if they're not interested in bringing him back, but they did. They obviously valued him high in, in the trade deadline. So maybe things have changed a little. I don't think so, but if you want to have some optimism, it could be there. Maybe the relationship has gotten a little better. I don't know. A reminder, Mark, the Cubs offered extensions to Rizzo and Baez. Just want to clarify that one. Um, the third guy didn't get one. So... Anyway, uh, so although I mean for you too, man, did, was there a, was there a, a moment where you looked like when you when you got off the plane and you looked and you saw like all the ding ding ding? Which which move was was there one that a caused you to kind of go cross eyed like I'm confused, or and was there one that where you're like oh that's sneaky good like which well, are those? Just going back to like it's because it's because there hasn't been any extension talks with Contreras, and obviously the talk was there he's going <laughs> to get traded. Like that's what it was. Don't do it, Fitz. Don't do it, Mark. That's not true. I'm just going to say <clears throat> that. That's not, Fitz, don't do it. It's all right. Don't do it, Fitz. Don't do it, Fitz. Just ignore it. Play through it, Fitz. Play through it, Fitz. I haven't had the chat up, but I already know the conversation that is happening. <laughs> just ignore it, Kevin. Just don't do it, Kevin. But no, but but so, for like, I don't give a shit. How about that? There you <laughs> go, Fitz. The uh, <clears throat> it, it was the it was the Contreras not getting traded because again it it would have been different if like it's like oh like we're we've been trying to get contract negotiations going we're not quite there yet but it's very it's you know it's made very public it's like oh yeah no we're trying we keep going back and forth and it's like, Oh, the trade deadline. It's like, Hey, if we can get something back now and then revisit in the off season. But again, there's been zero talk, zero talk. Contreras has said it up until this week. I think Jed Hoyer after said like he wishes that the public narrative was a little different because it's not as bad as it seems. But again, well, I'm sure he does. But, but <laughs> right. Right. But again, piss on her leg and tell it's, it's not right. like, it's not like there hasn't, again, there hasn't been, it's not even, there hasn't been a single, a single report from anyone, a local reporter, national reporter, it's like, oh, the Cubs and Contreras have, you know, talked briefly. Not even that. Nothing. Not even a false report. <laughs> yeah, not, not even a, yeah, not even a veiled, oh, this may or may not have happened. So, yeah, again, so that, again, that was the weird part. 
it, where like, they have no interest in bringing him back, but they didn't trade him, so it's just weird. It, it, it's yeah, especially when I, you're like preaching, like y'all, we're all about family, and this is like a homegrown guy, won the World Series with them, done all the right things. He's helping mentor guys. I think he handles himself really professionally through all those trade rumors, which is like isn't easy. They're not even gonna throw him a bone, like with the extension. I don't know. It's just a tough. That's a tough look. It, it that, makes it makes me want to change how they cover these guys. I mean, like obviously, Marquee Network's going to do their BS, but I look if if these players are that if 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 you're going to play this stupid family card crap, then own up to it and actually be that. Because every time that they do this, they do is they're really torturing two people. They're torturing obviously the player. But they torture the fans because these fans got to know these people. They know about their children and the and this the 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 story of how they got to where they're at and and the adversity that they, they you know they they throw these narratives out there and they te- they want you to just oh, I love him so much and and then they're like yeah both you guys can suck it it's all about this and it's cold blooded just I'd rather them just start showing baseball drills let's talk about what this guy I stop telling us I don't want to know anything else about you off the field now I want to know your ba- I want baseball let's just talk about baseball only I don't want to know that you know where your family's from i don't want to know who you're you know you're married to i don't know what you the story about your children i want to know what you're you know hey you're doing soft toss today what are you doing today well i'm working on that i I don't want to know any more family stuff just baseball and leave it at that or own up to it and be a family and and don't jerk these guys around like this i i felt the same way and you guys might feel differently as cubs fans but like with john lester too i feel like that was a year that they knew they weren't going to be able to contend he wanted to come back finish his career there wanted to come back on a cheap deal and he jump-started the whole contention window for him did a lot for the city. In fact, oh, yeah. they just kicked him to the curb too. I think that was the first sign. They're like, yeah, that's well, I mean, I, I did another one. That's like a rough look. Anybody that's see how they're treating these guys watch now. more than one episode of the show. We've, well, um, we've told the story, you know, of KB's plight with this team through his exit. And for three years, it sounds like, <laughs> that wasn't a one-off you know what i mean like it's just i don't know i they're still better than rick Hahn right now i mean think about rizzo frank our favorite white Sox moved to the deadline rizzo comes to chicago and goes on the radio because he likes those dudes you know the barstool guys or whoever whoever he's going on with but you guarantee he's not going to go over and hey let's go go check on my boy jet like that you could tell when 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 rizzo speaks there's not uh, you know rizzo like last year after the trade deadline you know when when uh, when Jed went immediately on the first you know six a.m. on Monday morning on all the radio shows, and you know Rizzo was like the next day he's like mm-hmm, no that's not actually what happened. So there were multiple you know and Javi same thing no, and you know I think he's done a better job this year of shutting up. I think he did the the quick presser right after the the trade deadline, and there really wasn't much to talk about, so he didn't have to give much word salad. Everything that he said actually was a, I thought it was actually a very good press conference. Um, it just nobody was asking him any tough questions anyway. He was getting softball tosses, so he was fine with it. But it, you know, that, that just is, it is, it, it's just, it's cold. He's, I mean, I don't know Oof. he's like the wolf of Addison, the wolf of Clark and Addison. It's just cold. And, and, and these guys, they don't feel the knife till it's in their back and he'll be your best friend until you're out the door. And then it's like, boom. And that's, that's sucks. And that, that's, that's, it's disappointing. Also so, from uh, just like outside of, uh, even the even aside from the personal relationship or whatever the relationship the player has with the front office, I think it's become pretty obvious with just with with Jed Hoyer taking over. You know Carter Hawk, Hawkins as the GM now. They revamped their entire player development system. Just they uh, they got rid of the with the third guy who was uh, 
uh, Sean McLeod, uh, Jason McLeod, mm-hmm. with him gone. It's pretty obvious now that Jed wants he wants every last remaining bit of you know Theo's team to be gone. Now he wants his own team. So who are the last guys on it from that 2016 World Series team? It's Wilson Contreras, Kyle Hendricks, and then Jason Hayward. No one wants. What are you laughing at? Sir? Look at the comments. Vince just took a lap. Let's see. Not saying KB was Vince literally turned his screen off and took a lap. Uh, the comment was not signing KB was a blessing. He's always hurt. As he gets older, he will be hurt more. Nobody gets older and hurts less. Injury. He's been hurt this year. Hurt. Oh, Kevin, respond. He got hurt this year. I hurt this year. Thank you. I don't know if this was planted or what, but I needed a fucking laugh like this. <laughs> oh, moving on. Uh... <laughs> oh wow, that was fucking beautiful, Mark. I know you don't know. I know you don't know, Mark. I, I this is the first time I've seen you in the comments. The Kevin has a uh, a history with Chris Bryant. This is a very pro Chris. Actually, Bryant no. Let's not. Let's podcast. not. I want. I just want to say this plays out. Let's not say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Let it marinate a bit. Yeah. Just what? Um. <laughs> as the deals came rolling in, what deal were you most surprised by? And I promise I won't say Rickon not doing anything. But like, who Trust got me. moved that you were like, oh, did not see that one coming. Because I felt like this was a very active deadline for every other competent major league team. And there was some really, really, really good uh, moves that were made, in my opinion. I mean, to get the ball rolling out, Josh Hader, I did not see that coming at all. That was interesting. Josh, and the fact that they got Trevor Rogers in return, though, if you look at their numbers, they're almost identical this season. I actually really like that move for the Brewers. I think the return they got, was pretty good. Like Lamette is kind of a stud. They're still they able to contend. Huh? They DFA'd Lamette though. Did they? Yeah. Which yep. I found a little surprise. Like, that I is thought a little surprising. Kind of but they still got out. a pretty good haul. And yeah. the, they, they got a competent closer in return. So it's not like they're still, I mean, he's no Josh Hader, but for what they got and they still got a, a closer return, I, I like that move for the Brewers. But it's, it's always look- weird when a team, Josh Hader's been on the market for like a year and a half. There's been trade rumors about Josh, Josh Hader since, like, I feel since 2021. Uh, and, yeah, no, I mean, again, as Cubs fans, hate the Brewers. But I'm with you, Mitch. I like that move a lot for the Brewers. I can see they that. sold as high as possible. They got a closer in return. They still have Devin Williams, who is probably yeah. going to be their future closer anyway. William, uh, Devin Williams was salty about it. Yeah, he, he was, yeah, I heard he, he just was didn't want to not play. happy. He's he was not happy about Hater going, but but again, it is a weird move trading your all star closer when you're the division leader. So right. it, it was a weird move. <laughs> yeah, but I I like you guys said I give him props. Talk about selling at the high when you know what I mean. Like yeah, I don't think they could possibly get a better return for Josh Hader. I was kind of confused as to. I know I'm answering your uh, the question you asked. But I was kind of confused what the Red Sox were doing. I think the Red Sox <laughs> were confused at what the Red Sox were doing. And they're five, they're 500 ball club too. That's the crazy part. That's like that's really weird. Like that that's a white flag. I mean, kind of thing. But 
I'm like, they're, they're, when they're 50, what are they? They were like 52 and 52 or something like that. I'm like, they've been struggling though. Like, yeah. yeah. It got to the point though. Triple A team in their starting rotation right now. Right. Starters it got hurt. to the point though, where I thought they were going to move one, Bogarts or Devers. Oh, dude, I was praying. For both I thought one of those guys were going to go. <laughs> Easier for the Cubs. That would when they started ripping trades and then when they're taking on Hosmer's salary, I'm like, okay. And then Vasquez goes to the Astros. I'm like, oh, what? what? And then I'm like, well, now are they going to trade one of the big guys? Because they're both coming up on contract years. What? Well, this is what I was surprised about. Uh, you know, we watched in Boston. You know, they're still kind of hanging around, even though they're like barely hanging on. Uh, the Giants... You know they're kind of barely hanging around around the wild card race, and like at the end of the at the end, they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna listen for Rodon, listen for obviously Jock." I was kind of surprised that more team again, the expanded playoff or the added playoff teams didn't really make more teams go for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a little surprised by that. I thought it as, would. at the time of this recording, Boston's only two and a half games out of a wild card spot. Yeah. So yeah, and they once just- their rotation gets healthy too, that offense is still good. Like I oh, think yeah. they can sneak in. This is a good, this one actually, I think this is like a really under the radar move because it came at the very end of the deadline and it was like after like a a hurricane of moves. So Thomas Duran wrote in, uh, Harrison Bader from Montgomery surprised me. Yankees giving up a starting pitcher and Bader was very much a typical Cardinal. That's literally well, they love him down in St. Louis. Harrison right. Bader is like the most Cardinal Cardinals player. And I was like, wait, it's what? The most Cardinal to ever Cardinal that ever Cardinal. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> But speedy, speedy blonde dude who can't really have really white. great defense. White. Uh, yeah, I mean, it that, that move, especially with the Yankees. I I shared the stat with you guys uh, earlier today as Garrett Cole was getting absolutely fucking lit up by the Mariners, <laughs> yeah. but their like freight train of a starting rotation, all all of their ERAs have taken a huge bump. I mean, granted, when you're going that good, you're gonna see a bump, but. I mean, that Nectar who took Dylan Cease's all-star spot, he's not been good lately. Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole's always had shitty starts, though, here and there. You're going to get that with Garrett Cole. Playoff Garrett Cole's a different beast. But, uh, I mean, I I just didn't see the Yankees in a position to just let a pretty viable starting pitcher go for another outfielder who's hurt. I think they did need uh, help uh, defensively, defensively, though, in center. Well, I, and Stanton's hurt, but then they got Benton Tenney, but Bader's hurt out until September too. Yeah, he's out with a foot injury, and he's under contract though for one more year. So when Judge signs with the Cubs, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they got three places lined up. There the you move, go. Oh, the move I really like. It wasn't like a surprise necessarily, but it, like I think it flew under the radar. Um, Trey Mancini to the Astros. I think mm-hmm. that was a really I'm good pickup. So happy for him. So happy. He's a guy. Totally. That, he deserves a run, dude. He deserves a playoff run. He deserves everything. Like you won't be saying yeah, that. Yeah, I saw when he, the spot. Orioles came to town. They had that uh, thing for uh, Bo Dowling, I believe his name was. And Trey Mancini yeah. went over to the family. The guy's a class act. He's a yep. great player, and I, I'm like you said, I'm, I'm glad. Unfortunately, it's just the Astros, but you know, I'm it, glad. I'm glad yeah. he's gonna get a shot. Um, it got a it got a little dusty in the room when he was talking about how the hardest goodbye is to the the training staff that saved his life and all that yeah. shit. I was like, God damn, man! And that city loved Baltimore, loved that guy, and they still do. I'm just, but like, I'm glad they let him fly, fly. If you love I was gonna say, let we, it go. We it's so uh, it's so few and far between that you see guys get traded and then signed back to the team. I think Trey Mancini might yeah. be one of those That's guys. Legit, yeah, one hundred percent, real good potential. One hundred percent. Josh, buddy, in the comments, real quick, 
Michael Conforio, what do you think? Ooh. Is I he healthy? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what kind of shape he's in. Him. Yeah, I don't know what kind of shape the value is low because he's not healthy. I don't think he helps you much this year. I mean, he'd probably come in in September and be very rusty, so he wouldn't help you much. But, like, if you want to add him, take a flyer on him. Now would be the time to do it. Michael Conforto, you are a Chicago Cub. <laughs> I just, yeah, I... I, I say this? Oh, no, God, you're just talking about Conforto. Well, I was just going to say, like, if you can guarantee me we're getting, you know, mid-season Conforto, like, yeah, let's, let's go. But this guy's been out of Major League Baseball yeah. now for you know, more than half a season. I don't know what kind of shape he's in. I don't know what the, you know, the ramp up period is going to look like. The Sox don't have that luxury. There is no ramp up period. You know, it's just, yeah. uh, it's it's a, a little big fella. Like but it does, it does 100% feel like a move that a guy that just completely fucked up the trade deadline would do to be like, I'm still trying. <laughs> I went out and got Conforto. He's a former all-star like yep. Josh Harrison. This was the plan all along. My my favorite trade of the dead of the entire deadline was a n- trades not made. Uh it actually felt really nice to watch the Cardinals, who in the past have at the trade deadline, went out and got guys like Big Mac and Holiday, and uh, there's some trauma there. Ooh. And Juan Soto coming back with this. I'm like, oh crap. He's gonna he's gonna go to the Cardinals. He's gonna go to the Cardinals. And so I'm so stoked that the Cardinals didn't get him. It's kind of a, a win in a loss. And you that was know, the biggest win of the trade deadline, guys. That's for Cubs fans at least. Yeah. <laughs> why? Because fuck them. That's why. I love that. We need to upload that so uh, I can use it at a pushable button. Capture, but yeah. yeah. Um, no, that's gotta be huge for any NL Central, the fact that I told Juan you Soto guys, I told you guys, if, if the Cardinals would have traded for Juan Soto, I, I'm tapping out for at least two years. I'm not, I'm sorry, guys. I'm out. I wouldn't. We would welcome <laughs> you. You could come and be angry with me on the South Side. Could you, could you imagine Juan Soto, Paul Goldschmidt, Who's Nolan Arenado, like your two, three, four? It's almost okay. as good as Tatis, Machado, <laughs> Soto, Bell, Drury. That's San Diego was so stacked, dude. That's I'm happier I went to San Diego. San Diego was the opt. I think the optimal location, at least for the Cubs' benefits, because I think the Dodgers. There's no. If he'd have gone to the Dodgers, there's no. Why, why even try? Why even try yeah. at that point? That lineup already with Soto. My God, and for they have the money. They would. He uh, was. He would be going Soto in the same outfield. Well, I'll tell you what. Jeez, I am Pete. very much. A- I am very much looking forward to watching the dogfight between. Uh, the Dodgers and the Padres down the stretch here. That's going to be some good baseball. Yeah. That's the thing, though. Mitch brought it up. They're they're like eleven and a half games back. The one, I don't think it's going to be that much <laughs> Well, no, I'm just. They're going to be good baseball games, just flat out games. I think that's true. Uh, for the wild card, where are the Padres at? Padres are in the playoffs if it started yeah. today. These, yeah. these are tune-ups for a postseason rivalry showdown, a la Cubs. Yeah. Yeah, give, yes, give me that matchup. Yeah. Give me right? Padres, Dodgers. Nope. And this would be a good moment for the Padres to finally get off the schneid against this modern Dodgers franchise, too. They've been in that shadow, and they've been taking it in the chin so often and so frequently. This would be the year that, fuck okay, it, do it. And then once you get that mon- monkey off your shoulder, I mean, yeah, I mean, dangerous. When are they talking about Tatis coming back? September? Uh, I know they showed him he was taking full swings in a cage like a week ago, so he's getting close. I don't know. I mean, 
Did any of you see the video on Twitter of uh, Soto arriving and whose locker they put him next to? Our old yeah. friend Nomar Mazzara. Yeah, Nomar Mazzara. That's right. Like you forgot to name him when you were naming off that lineup. I, I know what I was doing. He's still young. <laughs> There's untapped oh. potential there. Yeah, Tatis, untapped potential. Three teams haven't found it yet. No. Nope. Tatis could begin his rehab assignment this weekend. Okay. Well, yeah, there you go. Oh, shit. So you guys better be careful. Nomar Mazzara is going to be too good. Uh, Rick's going to want him back. Yep. It's like let's do this again. Wouldn't surprise me either. Um you know I, I mentioned him. I mentioned I think we mentioned his name earlier, but the, I think the uh Iglesias to the Braves was a, a very good move to shore up that back. That's not being talked about not talked about enough because that Braves lineup actually and good for Austin Riley. Holy get paid, oh, young yes. man. Like but, um, I feel like they did too. But um to get a, an arm like Iglesias in that pen, mm-hmm. I just Fids, I, I don't know why it just hit me, but Fids, you brought it up. I can't believe the Giants just didn't make any deals. Yep. They were trying to sell. Yeah. I mean, I'd <laughs> take Jock or Rodon. I thought, That's what I'm saying. Like, I, was, I mean, Orioles, they sold. I can't believe they were Rodon didn't go. I can't believe Rodon is not on a contender right now. Yeah, I feel like they're paying him a lot of money. I don't think they feel like they're going to be this bad next year. So, like, yeah, he can opt out. He can bounce, dude. Carlos yeah, isn't a West Coast guy, man. He can bounce. I thought for sure Rodon was going to the tw- – I my nightmare is not as <laughs> high of a level as Juan Soto going to the Cardinals, but I had, like, horrid visions of Carlos Rodon in a Twins uniform. Oh, no. And I just – yeah, that would have really sucked. But I could see – I just – I was surprised. I thought, you know, once – the twins kind of got their picture that they were looking for. I I thought rode on to the Yankees or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. I think the Giants saw the Dodgers and the Padres going at it, and they were kind of like, like just backing away, like back away slowly, right? Just build up that the, farm and, system, man. And well, I mean, but then once this happened, I mean, they've got to be you if you're the if you're the San Francisco Giants, and I mean, honestly, you got a little bit the Rockies, the Rockies. Although the Rockies do have some money to spend themselves this offseason. I mean, some good young players in Colorado too. A little bit, yeah. They're top heavy in their in their organization. And so you but you gotta watch that and just like, son of a bitch. Like, how do you feel like like oh. and that's why that's I'm, what I'm saying you, you sit, that would have sucked. They they reacted slow. Yeah. Rick Hahn, Rick, you thought Rickon wasn't doing anything. The Giants reacted slow because like it was literally Tuesday morning. I saw it's like, oh, the Giants are now going to listen to offers right. for Rodon. Like, what were you doing the past month? But yeah, they got to take a look around the landscape and be like, well, I gotta, you know, sell why the sound's good, get something for Jack and Rodon, get a couple of young guys in the farm system. Like, I don't know. I thought that was a, a wild move from them. Should have gotten Mercedes back. <laughs> it was a missed opportunity. I'm very good again, again, again. The fact, the fact that the White Sox couldn't even pony up enough to get Quintana from the Pirates. Oh my God! Do we really want them to overpay for Quintana from the Pirates? Like that was one I was fine with them missing out on. I did what did the Cardinals was... even give up for him? Probably uh, too much. Reliever, uh, probably a couple. Of just I don't even know what the Cardinals ended up giving up for him. I just saw Quintana the Cardinals and I just started laughing. I don't know why, like, what the fascination with Quintana was to like, and I'm sure yeah, he's having a good year, but who's he replacing in the rotation? No one, but he he came out of the bull the the bullpen last year for the Giants in the play towards the end of the year and in the playoffs, like 
they could have put him in the bullpen and then with Kopech being on this innings limit and guys getting hurt left and right, like if you're going to do that. Though, there's better policy. guys out there. I feel like you're going to add another starter. You might as well swing big. Like Luis Castillo would have been the guy. Well, yeah, but him. apparently they did nothing. They, they nobody wants our garbage. So they could have just. Pirates actually got a pretty good ball player in that Quintana deal. Malcolm Nunez. He 17 jacks this year. He's got 66 RBIs. He's he's a big power guy. And takes a lot of walks. I'm, actually, uh, that's I, a, wow. That's I think Quintana Quintana comes out of the bullpen for the Cardinals, or you know they could spot start him. Basically, though, I guess thinking about it now out loud, like he's an older Raylo. Yeah, yeah. Who's hurt? Bro. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know what I do need right now? Brandon Jury. Oh. I need a NASCAR minute. There. Oh, are we ready? I need a NASCAR minute. Run it, run it, run it. Let me Mute find it. There we go. Ready for it is now time for NASCAR's Mitch. NASCAR minute. All right. Conspiracy of little Yelper. <laughs> yes. Yelp, that was electric. Dude, yes. uh, I, I appreciate the, the hype up video. We'll try and do it justice here. Uh, so they were racing in Indianapolis. The Brickyard used to be a historic race. Uh, it was on the old. Oh. They moved it to a road course, so they took away one of the majors. A lot of the drivers not too happy about it. But it was a doubleheader weekend. They had IndyCar there, and they had the NASCAR Cup race on Sunday. And it was kind of like the um, equivalent – of uh you know if you watch tiger woods play around the golf you know it's like elegant and classy and then you see john daly walking in there with cigarettes that's what the cup race was comparatively after watching the um indy car race it was a clown show it was chaos i gotta be honest i loved it i'm gonna tweet out a video really quick the problem was like the first turn on that course could fit about three cars wide and they kept trying to send it five wide people were barreling Ooh. into each other all these cars were spinning out no one raced with any respect chaos the number one here, I'll tweet out the one video. You can see, you, you can see what I'm talking about. So the best car in the field was um, uh, Tyler Reddick, and he, he was kind of running away with the race for the most part. And you know, some tire strategy going on, which is nice. But Tyler Reddick's running away with it. We're like, ah, no, it's gonna be a quick, uh, yeah, quick race. Near the end, they get a restart though, which is nice because the restarts your lead evaporates because they have to stack everyone back up. Some guys' brakes failed, Oof. ran into a guy. People are spinning. Just, everyone's all over. So stack them back up have another restart, uh, and then he pulls away again. Next thing you know, there's another crash, so they have to stack him back up with, like, eight laps to go. So this is the, this is the restart. I just tweeted it out. Uh, I'll, I'll add you guys for it. Um, and, you know, our old friend – our old friend, Chase Elliott, he works – he oh, found his way back up near the front. He's on the front row. We don't like Chase Elliott. He's Hate a that guy. road coast Hate racer, too. Asshole. So we're like, uh-oh, this ain't good. Uh, he has a chance to catch Tyler here. I like Tyler personally. He's also sponsored by Guaranteed Weight, but unlike the weight, he wins. Uh, so oh, Tyler <laughs> stand up guy. Stand up guy. Yeah. So restart happens. Chase Elliott gets away. Then all of a sudden, someone dive bombs in. He gets clipped. He goes spinning. Chase Elliott's oh. out of the race. I just tweeted oh, that restart. Oh. It was electric. I was pretty happy about it. I need uh, to see the restart real quick on the Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, watching I wonder, the Twitter right now. It's a reaction. 
I'm waiting for this bad boy to low because I just need to see this ass clown Chase Elliott get fucked up. Oh, yeah. He gets pinned from the back, and so they had to stack him back. Now, meanwhile, as all this is going on, there's another driver. <laughs> yeah. So they're sending him in like five rides. There's another uh, there's another <coughs> driver, AJ Allmendinger. He's the uh, road course ringer, as they call him. He doesn't perform well in the ovals, just, like, just the um, road courses. He won the Xfinity race the day before. So he's in the top 10, but his heat suit, it failed him. So like he, the cooling suit, he's in the car, he's sweating. So now the restart happens again and they have to do like cleanup laps and everything. And he's like dying in the car. He's like, I need to get Save out me, Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can see his face. He's like, Oh my God. Meanwhile, Tyler Reddick's crew chief, because like I said, he had the fastest car all day and they have to keep stacking him up. And he knows every time he has to go to this turn, there's a chance it's going to get clipped and knocked out. He's like, fuck, are you kidding me? We got to start another one. Uh, God damn it. Also, I forgot to mention this. Some guy's car literally caught on fire early in the race, and they were like had a fire extinguisher in pit row, and it was like getting all over the windshield, and he couldn't see, but he didn't want to get out of the car because once you get out of the car, like you forfeit. So he's like, "Put it out, put it out." There's like a fire extinguisher all over him. He ended up finishing tenth in that race. All right, so last word. We go to the last restart, and as you just saw, if you saw the video on Twitter, they're all barreling in. It fits three cars. They're all going like five wide. So like it's chaos there. So that happens, and Ross Chastain, who's on like one of the third rows. He sees that like everyone's turning in there. My guy I was rooting for Daniel Suarez. He dive bombed in there. Right? He gets pushed. He gocked out the guy in second. So this guy, Ross Chastain, he's kind of sneaking in the back. There's an access road, like right off turn one. And the, the way it's designed is if you can't make it through turn one or there's break, you have braking issues, you can just take that. It's like considered safer, I guess. Well, he just gunned it for the straightaway. It wasn't any braking issues. He just went way off course. <laughs> I'll see if I can share. I wonder if I here. I'll see if I can share my screen. You kind of just have to watch it. Oh, let's see. No, you're doing. You don't even need to show the video. I feel like I'm there, Mitch. Just keep All going. Right. So keep going. he he just drives straight. Like everyone's making a right on this turn. He just goes left, guns it down the oval, and now the guy in front, Tyler Reddick, he made it out of that restart because Suarez kind of caused this whole big crash. Gotta All of a sudden, Ross Chastain comes flying out of nowhere, and Tyler Reddick's like, "What the hell? Where did he come from?" So he doesn't know if it's legal or not. The crew chief is like, where did he come from? No one knows where he came from because he just basically cut the corner. No one said anything. And it exposed the it exposed the loophole for NASCAR's rules because there is no rule against it. So now Tyler Reddick's like, crap, do I wreck this guy for the win? Do I got to pass him? So he's racing him wreck hard. Him. And Ross Chastain also, if you listened to the show last week, he's got a history of wrecking people on purpose. So no one really likes that. him in the field. Wrecker. Or somehow Reddick kept his composure, made the pass. He ended up with the win. NASCAR ended up penalizing Chastain 30 seconds. But if, look up the Ooh. video. I'll share that. You kind of just have to watch. It's pretty funny. Uh, how is, how uh, quick down, question. But... Is Ross related to Brandy Chastain? No. I wish. Because <laughs> right, that would have made the whole home record, car record connection work out really bad. All Ooh. right, let's see if I can. I'm going to have to rip a heater after this, Mitch. You got me all flustered. Is my screen on the share here? Oops. No. Not oh. yet. Damn. Okay, wait, hold up. Uh... Oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay. Yep. All right. I'm going to show you. Watch. This is the best way to explain it. So here's the last turn. Watch the car. He just goes. Everyone's supposed to go left. He just goes. Meow. <laughs> that dude looks like he's hammered. Yeah, <laughs> he just completely, completely takes the wrong loop, and the next thing you know, he pops out in front, and everyone's like, "What the hell?" It was, it was not very good racing, but I enjoyed it. It, it was, it was a good time. It was kind of chaos. So wait, that dude just like was like, "Fuck it, I'm out." Yeah. So the road what? right here, as you can see, like everyone has to go through this turn, but this yeah. road is legal to take. 
like NASCAR is no, but it's supposed to be if like your brakes fail or you like there's a crash and you're trying to avoid it. Rewind it and show it again. Rewind it. Unedited vintage photos. 60 yes. vintage photo. Like what 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 is that from? That's big. I have I'm no liking. idea. Hold on. All right. Um, watch this dude just go. I'm out. Yeah, so they're coming down the restart, and it's been chaos the last like three. And so they're supposed to make left. You can feel it. He just goes, I'm not doing that. Just guns it down the street. <laughs> that's <away>. absolutely <laughs> hilarious to me. I'm sorry, but I don't know shit about NASCAR, but that's funny as fuck. It was so Yeah, it was. <laughs> Uh, the like everyone, like all the drivers, like didn't know what was going. Like his crew chief, literally. Oh, crap! I just picture ah. these guys being like, "Where's that asshole going?" <laughs> right. I'm sorry, that's hilarious to me. Fuck. Oh, yeah, it's, it was. It's, this is what you did to me, Rickon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he ended up getting penalized thirty seconds. So it didn't even matter because he outsmarted the field. And all the drive because there was no rule in it, like that said, you couldn't take that road. So I fucking just, love NASCAR Minute. It makes me feel so better. I mean, well, the best part me. about NASCAR Minute is it's not a minute long. No, not yeah. at all. Well, hold, yeah, hold on, we have to close it out. Zoom in, zoom in on the bush light at the end. That fucking gets me every time. The oh, best part phenomenal. is Tyler Reddick, the guy that won. So he's kind of like, if I had to compare him, he's like the Julio Rodriguez of NASCAR. He's like a young stud. Everyone knows he's going to be like one of the best play, like one of the best drivers like in the sport. So he wrote, he runs for like Richard Childress Racing, and he wanted an extension because that was the team that brought him up. He's like, hey, like, hey, I want to stay you guys long term. Richard Childress is like, nah, we'll give you an extension like when you win your first race. A couple weeks later, he won his first race. And like I said, he's a pretty highly touted prospect. So Michael Jordan's team, Denny Hamlin's like 2311, they signed him. They're like, yeah, like we're going to sign you when your contract expires. How much do these guys make a year? Like a good driver? How much? It you, depends. Much roughly like $6 million or so. It, it depends how much you win, though. It's not and bad how, for going it, left, dude. It's sponsorship driven, too. So it depends if you can get sponsors. And he gets a lot of sponsors, and he's really he's behind the wheels, though. So his contract expires in 2024. So he has another year with them still afterwards. But he already committed after that to sign with Michael Jordan's team, the 2311 team. So Richard Childress was like pissed at him. And after that, it got announced. He hadn't talked to him at all. So the first time they'd spoken was in the winner's circle, like after the race. And it was like really awkward. He's getting the trophy. And like Richard Childress is like there, like all all upset. So that was kind of another <laughs> that was another funny development to watch. I didn't know they made $6 million, but hmm. It de- I mean, it depends. Some make a lot less than others. It just depends how much you like, if you're winning or not, and if you have sponsors. Hmm. Very, very interesting. Kevin, thoughts? <laughs> it's awesome. It, it, it just, that's, it, that's awesome. it. I, I actually love, like, you're talking about, like, you know, how much do they make a year, but they also live on the road. Like, for, like they're going from town to town. I mean, they live with that. Their whole crew is like a big old family, too. Yeah, that's a really interesting part about what these guys do is like real going, family or like the Cubs family. Like no, like people, <laughs> they all live. They're all basically living together on the road in these, you know, in their in their, you know, their uh, whatever they are, their campers the and their yeah, the hollows. Yeah, I mean those they're they they eat together, they they party together, they drink together. You know that that whole crew is like it's interesting dynamic. I think that's one of the more underrated parts about like uh, car racing in general. A lot of those guys in the, the pits too, like those tire changers, the gas like hand, like they're all former athletes. A lot of them are like former track guys. Like you see them walking by and they're like 
they're jack and they don't mess around well yeah you gotta be in, i mean it's not just like turning your car left i mean these guys are holding that steering wheel like there's a lot to it especially because yeah. like i know like the whole like oh they're not really athletes but like for AJ Allmendinger, I mentioned like the suit man like broke down and he has like he's having like heat exhaustion. Like you got to be well conditioned to be sitting in the yeah. car that long and just like mm. mental focus it takes and like I, even on your body like that steering wheel like what? vibrating all over. So it's a lot harder than. And you're probably your right hip too. Left and his right hip pushing on something. I don't know. Yeah. Good. Or your car catches on fire and. I mean, your ass got to hurt from sitting there for that long. Yeah. I mean, this sleep, which sucks. Oh my god! Yeah, dude. There's definitely like sleeping going on there. All right, uh, you guys got uh, you guys got anything else before we kind of take this home? Wow, uh, well, I appreciate yeah. I appreciate the uh, therapy session. I actually do feel a little bit better about you know I could stop being an asshole to my wife and kid now because I feel a little bit better now <laughs> about this because I just had that bottled up since yesterday what a dick uh anyways he's frustrated too so come on oh i know i feel so bad <laughs> uh for nascar mitch fizz aldo i am Southside so thank you guys for listening uh we'll be back next week hopefully talking about first place team free build of the favorites we here for the latest yeah. south side or the north side not tuned to the greatest home team for the home teams both sides got our own rings on the mound or the long ball but we don't put the wrong strings yeah it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Ganty, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the board, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the board. Season make it all change. Season make it all change. Take me out to the ball game.